hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed the festivities of the holidays. Did you do that? I don't know what your favorite part was. Mine was the stuffing. Of course, my sister-in-law's apple pie, really, really close to that stuffing. <laughs> Love that. And, this, and, this, and the uh, sweet potato casserole that's more cream cheese than sweet potato. But that's what makes it amazing. Did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? You enjoy? I don't know what you're thinking of. And, and now we move into to Christmas and all the festivities and everything that's involved with that. And the decorations. I love the decorations. I love the atmosphere that it creates. And I just wanted to say, for those that came out Tuesday night and help us decorate, I don't know, Justin, if you could swing over, just let them see the tree. Just let them see. The, and, and, and all the decorations in the lobby and everything. I love that. I love decorating. I think that it's a, it's a, it helps the atmosphere. And, and for me, it helps re, remind me of, of where, what we're doing and, and, and what's involved in the atmosphere. And creating atmosphere is important. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And specifically, last week, Jared spoke on grace this week, we're going to talk about creating a faith atmosphere. What does that mean? I'm going to continue with the seven steps to live in holy holidays, and this is the third step. <laughs> this is the third step. What do we do? We're following Jesus' steps, and literally this morning, we're going to follow in the steps of Jesus and what he did, and how do we create this faith atmosphere? How do we understand what God is doing in our lives, what God is creating in our life. How do we step, step in there? How do we do that? So how do we create a faith atmosphere? How, how, how do we do that? Uh, and some might say, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't do that. I mean, faith is there. God creates the atmosphere, right? How do I create a faith atmosphere? What, is that my job? Is that, is that my responsibility? I want to just draw you, and we'll start off with uh, a verse in Ephesians chapter 5. In verses 1 and 2, and let's just see what it says real quick, because I think it's going to lay a foundation to everything that we need to understand, and that's simply this. Follow God's example. Follow God's example. God did something. We need to follow his example. Therefore, as dearly beloved and dearly loved children, so we follow like a, a child would follow a father, and walk in the way of love. Walk in that way. Just as Christ loved us, gave himself for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice of God. Now, if we step into this verse just a little bit and break it down, it's, it's important to understand God set the example, but we have to follow. We, there's something that he did that we have to do. There's something that he created, and it gives us a little mental picture of that with the fragrant offering and the sacrifice, the incense offering was something from the very beginning all the way through, all the way even into the New Testament, we find that our praise is a fragrant offering. It, in, in other words, it actually almost creates an atmosphere. It creates an understanding uh, and influences everything around us. Uh, create, which is key because what this teaches us is that we are to create a faith at, uh, atmosphere for others. That that's important for us to understand. Jesus created this, this uh, 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 atmosphere for us, this belief in us, and we then have to have an influence and have the ability to share this influence. And you might be saying, how do I do that? Let me just follow and give you five very simple stories. 
We're just going to follow through the gospel of Mark starting in chapter 4. We'll go to chapter 5 and chapter 6. And I'll do it all in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but as we, as we follow these stories, we're going to see faith being created. Faith atmosphere being created that provide a foundation for the very miracle that you're believing for. You see, when you create this faith atmosphere, you create the open up the, the doors and the possibility to step into that. That's what faith is really all about, is creating an understanding that God is able to do something amazing for us. You see, Jesus, in this first story in, in Mark chapter 4, had been ministering literally all day long. And he tells his disciples, let's get in the boat, let's go on the other side. <laughs> and, you know, the disciples... The disciples probably thought, okay, because on the other side were the Gentiles, and this is where the Jews were, and they, they probably thought Jesus wanted to just get away from everything. But Jesus always has a plan. <laughs> oh, you got to get that. You know, that's worth the price of admission, everything you paid to get in here this morning. <laughs> okay, come on, laugh. That's funny. The, the point is, no, we're actually going to collect the fee at the door. That's kidding. The, the point is this, is, is that... Uh, he had been ministering all day long, and he said, okay, let's get in the boat and let's go across the sea. Jesus got in the boat. They started to go across the sea. Storm hit, came up all of a sudden. Disciples panicked. It was just a little boat, and there's, there's 13 of them in the boat, and the water was filling up into the boat, and they thought they were going to drown. They wake Jesus up and said, do you not care that we're going to drown? Don't you care? This is, this is going to happen to us. Jesus gets up. Um, I don't know if you just woke me up. I might have been a little bit grumpy, but Jesus was amazing. He goes through the front of the boat and says, peace, be still. And the water just goes still. They're just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they were amazed. They, they, they marvel at that. And this is the first thing we need to understand about creating really an atmosphere of faith is you need to be able to create an, a faith atmosphere in the storm, in the storm. Jesus never said, now that you're saved, you're good. You're just going to walk through life and everything's going to be fine. There's going to be storms. <laughs> no one wants to hear that and preachers don't want to say that, but I'm telling you, you, will, you might be in a storm. You might be living in your storm right now. Your storm might be sitting next to you. No, just kidding. But the point is, you're thinking, I'm in the storm. How do I get out of this? What do I, what do, I do? And what is the point? How are, uh, uh, they woke up Jesus and they, and they said something that is revealing. They said, do you not care? Do you not care? In, in other words, they thought Jesus is in the boat, and the boat is sinking, so Jesus must not care about my life. And we're in the storm. That is the temptation you will have. That's the temptation you face every single time everything goes wrong. When you're in the boat, I'm doing what Jesus said. I'm in the boat, and all of a sudden, here comes the wave. Here comes the storm. The finances just fall apart. Everything's going away. There's stress in the relationship. It's not good. My boss doesn't like me. I don't like my boss. <laughs> Whatever. All these things are going on around you. My neighbors are egging my house, and, and you're thinking, what is going on? I'm in the storm. God must not care about me, even though he's in the boat. But see, there's something we need to look at. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus said to the disciples, Jesus said, Jesus said, you got to get a hold of that. Put that in your spirit. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. 
Jesus said, let us try, and we might sink in the middle. No. Jesus said, we're going to give it our best attempt to go on the other side. No. It, Mark uh, it records that it was evening, which is unusual for Mark to record any time, because Mark, the Gospel of Mark, just so you know, is like, Jesus lived and, and, and died and rose again. Let's go. <laughs> That's Mark. That's the, it, you, it, in fact, Mark's favorite word is immediately, 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 because he just wants to get us to the cross and understand Jesus is the risen Savior. So he doesn't spend a lot of time saying other things, but this time he said it was evening. So he wanted you to understand it was about to get dark. So if you're in a little boat and there's a storm that comes up suddenly and it's getting dark, it makes it just terrifying. And our storms are terrifying. But Jesus said, we're going to the other side. (laughs) Did you just hear what I said? Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Jesus said, there's a victory. Jesus said, that I'm going to heal you. Jesus said, I'm going to keep your marriage whole. Jesus said, I'm going to restore your body. Jesus said that you can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your finances. Jesus said, do you believe in that word? Do you believe that in the midst of the storm? It's not just always smooth sailing, but it's always about trusting what he said. He said he can do miracles. You see, and that's creating the faith atmosphere. When you said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did Jesus say? I'm in a storm, and all we see is the wave, and all we see is the wind, and all we see is if Jesus sleeping, doing nothing. That's what we see. Jesus seemingly doesn't care. Jesus seemingly is not aware of where I'm at and what I'm feeling. He's in the boat. I'm a Christian, but he doesn't seem to care because I'm in this storm. But do you remember what he said? Do you remember he said how he loves you? Do you remember what he said? He forgave you. Do you remember he said that he was going to wipe all your sin away? Do you remember his word? You got to hang on to that word. You got to hang on to that. And that's the first thing you need to understand. Secondly, Jesus then, they get to the other side. It's where the Gentiles were. And it's so funny because it says that as Jesus was getting out of the boat, he he went away from everyone to rest. As he was getting out of the boat... Here comes running at him this man who is demon-possessed, filled with legions of demons. I mean, so it's like, oh, I suppose we would rate little demon, big demon, bad demon, many, many demons, okay? That's what we're dealing with. So Jesus is crawling out of the boat, having just calmed the sea, having just tried to help his disciples understand, it's about my word. There goes one. The other two will be later on. It's about my word. It's about what's going on. And and they miss it. They miss miss the whole thing. And he's crawling out of the boat. And he gets out of the boat. Here comes this demon. It falls down and says, what are you doing here, Jesus? Now, Mark gives a little bit of a background to understand who this demon-possessed man is. He hurt himself. He would, like, go through fire. He would torment the whole, all the towns around there. They would put him in chains, and the chains couldn't hold him. So this was, this was a troubled, troubled, hopeless person, not just demon-possessed, filled with many demons. And he was tormenting the whole countryside, this one man. And Jesus runs into him and, and sees him and delivers him and casts the demon out immediately. You see, this is what you need to understand. We need to create a faith atmosphere for the hopeless. 
Not just the ones that we think have a good shot at getting this right. <laughs> Not just the ones that we think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't I, you know, <laughs> maybe they can make it. But we need to be able to create faith atmosphere in our minds, in our hearts, for our families, for our neighborhoods, for, for our employers, our employees, for our, those that are around us, and believe for them, even the hopeless ones. Even the one that we just say, ah, uh, guy, I know you love people, but wow. <laughs> this guy, this woman, this child, this person is hopeless. And Jesus came for the hopeless. <laughs> he had faith for the hopeless. He brought with him uh, something that was powerful. When Jackie was very, very young, my daughter, she's just a baby. She has a syndrome. We, I don't even think we were aware of the syndrome at the time. And it probably added to all of this. But she got really, really sick. And Lisa took her to the, took her to the doctor. And the doctor said, no, you're going to the hospital right now. We got to get fluid in this little girl. She's not going to make it. And, and so it just sort of blew up. And then all of a sudden she's in the hospital. And then she calls me. She said, Greg, you need to come now. The church was just down the street from the hospital. You need to come right now. It's my daughter. Jackie, they're, they're trying to put an IV in, and they can't get it in. Every time they do, the vein collapse, and it just goes away. So they called in a, a, a neonatal nurse, someone who works with the little preemies that knows how to find that vein. But it wasn't about finding the vein. It was because maybe her syndrome or whatever, the vein would just disappear every single time. And they were desperate, and they could not get it in. And she needed the fluid, or she wasn't going to make it. As I drove to the hospital, something just stirred in my heart. Something just stirred in my spirit. You see, it's a conflict between the faith atmosphere that God has placed inside of us because we have a real relationship with Him and the world of darkness that's all around us. And we have to be willing to carry that faith and believe and stir that up. I, I, I walked into that room. I don't know where the room was that I could walk in or I wasn't supposed to, but I did. Lisa was in there, and I could just see, I could feel the atmosphere. It was an at, these, these are professionals. And one nurse was like near tears, and this one was really upset, and, and, and I could just feel the the atmosphere in there, but something just stirred in my spirit, and I just ignored everybody. And sometimes that's what you got to do to create the faith atmosphere. The, the, the darkness is going to be around us. In this world, that we will be in this world. Okay, it's a new quote. I just made it up. You got it. <laughs> We're in this world. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we have to be of this world because the faith inside of us is always stronger. Darkness always yields to light. It always gives in to light. It doesn't matter how dark the darkness is, how black it is. When there's light, light wins every single time. You need to understand that. You see, we don't even have the faith to believe that the light in me is stronger than the darkness in them. And what happens is I walk in the room, and, and I just walk to the head of the bed because it was all the way around. And I just put my hand right under my little bitty daughter's head. And I said out loud because I did not care. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, help this nurse get the needle into my daughter. And I pray right now, do it, Jesus. Something that I affect. A lot of Jesus, a lot of, lot, of, lot of God in there. Just believe in saying it out loud. And I won't ever forget. To me, it was like the funniest moment in the whole thing. 
I won't ever forget. What happened was the nurse goes, I did it. I did it. I mean, two seconds after I finished. I didn't even say amen. She just said, I did it. I did it. I did it. I got it in. It got it in. It's working. I did it. I did it. I'm thinking, no, you didn't. The angel just took your hand. Took Jesus himself took your hand and stuck it in there. It's not there. Over there. God did that. I knew that. I knew that light had come into that room. And faith had stirred and changed the whole atmosphere. And it was like night and day. Woo, they're partying like this is what we do. You know, it's like this is what we do this. We'll take care of this little girl. She's going to be good. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. And I'm just thinking, yeah, God's got this little girl. God's got her. God's got yours. Your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, your parents. God's got them. God's got them. Got them, got them right there. It's going to be okay. You trust, you build the faith atmosphere. See, Jesus did that, set that man free. The man was tormenting the whole town. What happened? Well, when he cast the demons out, he cast them into some pigs who went out and promptly drowned themselves because they had no control over what was going on to show how, how desperate the situation was. And then the town came out, and the words are amazing. Because it says that the town pleaded with Jesus to leave. And those were the exact same words that Mark records the demons pleaded with Jesus to just send us away. And yet they're doing the same thing. In other words, this town is as screwed up and messed up and as hopeless as the man was that was demon-possessed. So what happened? Here's the point. Don't miss this. Don't miss the faith atmosphere. Jesus built this faith atmosphere, and so Jesus is leaving. And the man comes running up that was set free. He comes running up and says, Jesus, I'm going with you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to follow you. I, I am right here. Let me get in the boat with you. Jesus said, no. Well, whoa, whoa. <laughs> did you know Jesus said that? He said, no. Well, why? Because he was just even uh, possessed and probably wasn't good enough, right? No, 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 no. Just the opposite. Jesus says, you stay, you stay, because I have just built faith, and now I have, you have built faith in you, and I want your faith to go in there. Look what it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 20. It says, so the man went away and began to tell, go tell, the Decapolis, that means 10 cities, 10 Greek cities, 10 Gentile cities that were all right there. All ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. Have you told someone lately how much Jesus has done for you? How much he's done for And the people were amazed. They just stood and they thought, this is a man that was tormenting me, and this is the man that is now telling me Jesus has changed his whole life. He became, he start, what did he do? He was doing exactly what we read in Ephesians. He was stirring up faith. Are you stirring up faith? Do you believe it? Do you think faith is just a word that's set aside? Or, or do you only see it like grace, God gives grace to me, so God's got to give faith to me? Do you understand that, that what Ephesians was teaching us, what the Bible is teaching us, is that we need to follow God's example, and God puts faith in us. We need to stir up that faith. Are you willing to create atmosphere for the hopeless? Jesus was, and that's our example. Are you willing to create that kind of atmosphere? Stories go on, and Jesus is walking along, and he meets a, uh, a synagogue leader named Jairus who said, Jesus, my daughter, my little girl, she's dying. Will you come? Jesus said, I'll come. We'll, we'll take care of this. So he's going, but as he goes along, 
the crowd gets thicker and thicker and pressing on him and pressing on him so that he's probably just walking like this. And the disciples were probably next to him guarding everyone, you know, from pushing in too hard. And Jesus is trying to just walk with this father who, whose daughter is desperately ill. And as, he, as he's doing this, as he's pressing on him, all of a sudden, Jesus stops and said, who touched me? The disciples thought, everybody, come on. They're all around you, Jesus. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I felt faith. <laughs> See, somebody stirred up faith. <laughs> somebody grabbed a hold of some faith. And what happened was there was a woman who was sick, who was suffering for years and years and years and years, and then she reached in there and just touched his, the edge of his coat. The, 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 the fringe went all the way up, all the way down the coat, all the way to the feet. And she just reached in, somehow got through. Peter and James were there. Maybe she went on Judas' side because he didn't care. And, and reached in there and just reached in there and just, and just touched him. And all of a sudden she was healed, just like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. In Mark chapter 5, in verse 28, it says, because she thought. Now, we just need to stay right there for a minute. She thought, and it happened. She thought, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, she, she didn't think. I gotta touch him somehow. Somehow I gotta I gotta touch the back of his neck. I gotta touch his arm. I gotta touch his hand. I gotta I gotta touch his feet. No, no, no. She said, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch him, just touch, just touch, then I will be healed. She actually created an atmosphere of faith by which the virtue of Jesus Christ flowed right into her. Don't you be saying, no, 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 God's gotta give me the faith. No, no, no. How are you thinking? Do you realize there is an atmosphere of faith or darkness in that little head of yours? Do you realize this is how we think all the time? We think, oh, that's not going to happen. He doesn't like me. This is going to be miserable. I don't have any money. You're creating an atmosphere of darkness, and you want faith to explode? It's not going to happen. She reached in there and said, I, I just know. I just know somehow. I, I, I just got to touch him. I gotta touch it close, just the, just the, the very edge. If I do that, I will be healed. You see, creating a faith of atmosphere happens in your thoughts. Happens in your way you're thinking right now. Oh well, it's not for me. <laughs> it's not gonna work out. Whatever. Are, are you are you thinking? You see, faith is the evidence of thing not seen. Right? So it it's the result of what you do not see. But it is the result. Did you just get that? God is there. God is working. So this isn't mind over matter. This isn't positive thinking. No, 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 no. Cannot be. Because you can have faith in some of the, in, 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 this, in, this, in this table. You can have faith in this table all you want. And all it's going to do is hold you up, maybe. The, the point is that it depends on what you have faith in. <laughs> But if your mind is set on things above, if your mind is set on Christ, where he is ruling and reigning, if you're, if you're thinking on things, if you're thinking on whatever's pure, whatever is good, whatever's holy, whatever's righteous, if you're thinking God's going to move in my life, God's going to take care of me in the midst of the storm, see how this all ties in? If, if you're thinking this way, 
if you're thinking, you are creating a faith atmosphere that's going to change your life, that will change your family, that will change your circumstances, that will change everything around you. If you just believe in that, but it has to be what you're believing in. So faith is internal and faith is external. Because she believed in here and did this. Mm. You missed it. Okay. She believed in here and touched and reached out and did something. You realize how many people she had to push through to get there? Do you realize how hard that was? That's external. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to keep studying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep surrendering. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep doing. All of those are outward works of the faith atmosphere that you're building in here. The Bible says that the mind controlled by flesh, by our human nature, is death. It will always lead to death. We try so hard. Think right, be right, do right. It's still going to end up in death. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the way you live. But if your mind is set on the spirit, it's life and peace. (laughs) How many want some life and peace? How many want to live in life and peace? See, this is what you need to understand. You see, but it's not just about creating faith by what we do. But it's also what we say. Because creating faith atmosphere comes with her voice. I love this little next part. It's probably one of the me, the most sweetest, tender aspect of this whole series of Jesus creating faith and moving. (laughs) Because someone comes up to Jairus and says, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master anymore. You could just feel and see this man begin to wither. His face goes pale. His daughter just died. She's dead. And it took a while for him to get there, so she's been dead for a while. You could just feel the the weight. I love what happens. I imagine Jesus might have put his hand on his shoulder, but he said, just believe. Jesus looked into the eyes of this hurting man that just lost all hope. Jesus looked right at him. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. I love that. Such tenderness. He didn't say, come on, have some faith. You know, you know. It, no, no. He said, just believe. I love those words. And this whole section is about words. Jesus gets there and the mourners were mourning because she's dead, has been dead for a while. And Jesus goes, what are you mourning for? Girl's dead. Oh, no, she's not dead. She's probably sleeping. They laughed and ridiculed him. What was Jesus doing? He was creating some atmosphere. And, and when it couldn't be done, you know what he did? Okay, you guys, leave. <laughs> Get out of here. Go away because God's about to do something, and I need an atmosphere of faith. I need to some people that will be standing there saying, God, I don't know how, but you're going to do it. God, I, I don't know, I don't know wh- wh- how it's going to work out, but you're going to do it. God, I, I know Jesus. I don't understand any of this, but I know Jesus. See, that's all you got to know. Jesus says, just believe. He didn't say start confessing a bunch of stuff. He didn't say start doing this. He just said, just believe. I love those words. I, I think those words must have just echoed in his ears. And when he told his wife, he said, Jesus said, just believe. Just believe. 
Sometimes you might be so hurting and so struggling, all you need to know is just believe. I just need to believe. I just need to believe. After he put everyone out, the mother, the father, and the disciples were there, and Jesus went over to that little girl. I love this. I love the way the Bible does this. <laughs> he went over to that little girl and said, little girl, arise. Actually, what he said in Aramaic is Taliath Kumi. Taliath Kumi. <laughs> and why that moves me so much is because Peter was there and was telling Mark this story. And Mark was writing it in Greek because it was written in Greek. So he's writing it in Greek. And Peter said, Taliath Kumi. And I think Mark probably said, okay, the little girl arise. And Peter said, no, no, no. You got to say the words. I hear the words. I hear Jesus' voice. I hear the tenderness. I hear him say, Taliath Kumi. And if you look in your Bible, it says in, in Arabic, Taliath Kumi. So Mark probably said, oh, okay, we'll write it because the power was in the words. He just simply said, Little girl, get up, Taliath Kumi. And do you know God still speaks those words? You know the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, is still speaking those words right here, right now to you. Telieth, kumi, rise, arise. Just believe the power of, of all of those words. You got to speak that. The last story. It was a holiday. It was a, a, a weekly holiday. It was Sabbath, but it's a holiday. And what does Jesus do? He goes back to his hometown. His hometown didn't really believe. But the first thing he did was begin to create atmosphere, a faith atmosphere. He goes in the synagogue. We don't know what he reads this time, but the other times we read, it's about, I've come for the poor. I've come for the broken. I'm the Messiah. I'm going to change the world. And he's, re he's read that before, so it was probably something like that. Isaiah, I don't know. But he did. He was stirring up faith. But the town didn't respond in faith. Instead, they ridiculed him. They called him the son of Mary. Now, you got to get this. Even if Joseph was dead, which he most certainly was at this point, they always would have said the son of Joseph. They always would have said that. The only time you didn't attribute the father's name to him, if someone was illegitimate, you would still do that. But if it was an illegitimate and a heretic, then you would say the son of the mother. It was a derogatory. We said, we no more believe in you. You're illegitimate. You are not worth being served. You are not the Messiah. And the world today still attacks the virgin birth, the fact that God himself, 100% God, came down and was born. They still push that and say, and say, Jesus isn't real. And that's the attack on Christmas in our world. But we have to have that the atmosphere of faith to say, he is my God. He is the king of kings. He's not just a little baby Jesus anymore. You know, I don't care what Ricky Bobby says. He's grown. He's rose from the dead. He changed the world around us. We have to trust and believe him. <laughs> Create the atmosphere even for those who reject you. Because that's what Jesus did. And that's our example. And there'll be people to say, who are you, you righteous? Who are you to condemn me? Who are you to live this life and think you're all righteous and you're all that and you can do all that?
That's what comes. Do we yield in to that? That's darkness. The atmosphere of darkness coming against your atmosphere of faith that says, I'm going to trust God. So even over their rejection, even over being way over familiar, saying, I watch you grow up. <laughs> We've married your, your, your sisters. Who are you? You're illegitimate. I love this verse. Some see it as a real negative verse, but to me, there's such hope in it. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 5, it says, he could not do any miracles there. Okay, that, bad, that part's bad. Got it. That is bad. Watch this. Except lay hands on a few people and heal them. <laughs> I mean, I, the reason that verse always gets me because I'm thinking, I'll take that any Sunday, any time. I'm going to lay hands on a few people and heal and believe that God's going to heal them. <laughs> and that's what he did. He didn't give up. See, the whole town rejected him, but he said there still might be some. There still might be some that'll be there. That is creating faith even for those that reject you. Even those that say, get out of my face. I don't want you to tell me about Jesus anymore but you're still praying. You're still believing. There's an atmosphere of faith inside. Don't give up on him. Come on. Listen to me. Don't give up on him. Jesus did not give up on his own hometown and people were touched and healed and they were amazed. There were few but they did because he created that atmosphere of faith. Do you still do that? Do you still believe? He could not do many miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. Jesus still does that today. Come on. This whole message was about one very simple thing. Just stir up some faith in you. What are you believing for? What are you hoping for? What are you trusting for? What are you asking God when it's quiet at night and no one can hear you and you're all alone and your heart looks up to heaven and you say, God, I need, please, you to do this. He's there. I want you to add faith to that. I want you to add hope to that. I want you to add trust to that and say, God, I'm going to believe and you're going to do that. Stir up that faith. See what God can do. Believe right now. I have faith right now. God's going to touch you. God's going to heal you. I know that there's miracles sitting right here. There's miracles sitting in this place right now that you're saying, God, you got to do this, and it's not happening. And I'm believing right now as God brings them to my mind and my heart, I believe it's going to happen for each and every one of you. I believe those that are watching, you are not too far from God. You are not just watching in a distance. God is in that room. God is in your heart. God is in this place. God is in your very room right now to touch, to heal, to change. That's what God does. Come on, let's create some atmosphere. Come on. Let's create some atmosphere. Everyone, just stand. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everyone stand up. I want you to lift your, lift your heart, lift your hands right now to heaven and say, God, in me, do it in me. God, stir in me. Stir up the faith in me, God. Let me believe in the, the word of God that says that I am healed, that I am whole. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just, by the power of your Holy Spirit, sweep across this place, sweep across this room, stir every single heart, God. We believe. We trust you. God, we're standing in the storm, and God, we're believing in the midst of all these things that you are still there. You're able to touch and heal. God, I pray for every single heart. If there's anybody that does not know you, if there's anybody watching that has not surrendered their heart to you, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, they would just say, God, me too, and just believe. God, me too, and just believe. And I'm believing that for every single part and every single person that's here. 
And God, I pray that you would just move over us. God, let this life, let this season, let this holiday time be filled with such an atmosphere of faith in our minds, in our heart, in our spirit, in our homes, in our workplaces, God, that it changes the world around us. Bring miracles. Set people free, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everybody said, amen, 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 amen. You said, I didn't see anything happen. I did. But I saw it in faith. And that's where you need to step on in. Come on, come on, step on in and say, I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. God's going to be able to do that. Amen? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you for watching. Thank you, God. I'm praying this week just sets off in an amazing week for you. Trust God. Believe God. Come back next week. Bring someone with you, and we'll see what God's going to do. Amen? You're dismissed.